Welcome class. How's it going? Does that book say Potato Satan on it? It doesn't say, it does not say Potato Satan. What it does say is, sit on a potato pan, Otis. And it's a book that's all palindromes. Do you know what palindromes are? I, I think I know what they are, but um, it's like when you teach you how to speak, right? No. Oh. So oh, it's opposite. This, it's the same. So for instance, a palindrome that's really, really simple is race car. It's the same forwards and backwards. Okay. So the book title is called Sit on a Potato Pan, Otis. And it's... Uh, spelled, it's sit on a potato yeah. spelled backwards. Exactly. Except for potato. Well, right. The oh, whole, no, it is. Potato. Yeah, the whole Crazy. thing. Right. So um, there's a whole bunch of like really funny ones. So this one is a picture of like a British person with next to a big <laughs> thing of TNT and says, no panic, I nap on. <laughs> Tip it. Ed is loopy, poolside. It's a drunk dude drunk next dude to drunk a pool. Scene. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This- Naive was I ere I saw Evian or Evian. Or whatever. Evian. <laughs> Acrobats. Stab Orca. 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 Do that didn't ge- sound Do good. geese see God? Do they? <laughs> this Neptune nut pen. It's a guy who's on Neptune in outer space drawing with a pen that's a massive nut. <laughs> this is... this is Isn't this awesome? Isn't this great? It's a visual... It's a... Desserts stress Ed. Ed is super stressed. Dog do? Good God! <laughs> I really wish that this was a visual medium because then we could tell people what we were actually seeing. It's the, Oh, yeah. It's really nicely illustrated, basically, is why. But you can still... You get what palindromes are. Palindromes. Yeah, same. No lemons? No melon. And the guy's got a cart full of everything, but no lemons or melon. Wow. I'm trying to find my favorite one. Pooch Coop. Sad. No Hondas. Aww. Aww. Ma, I am a llama. I am. <laughs> it's a little llama. With a bunch of a pack elephants. of little baby elephants talking to their mama. Mm-hmm. Darn Ocelot stole Conrad. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. And it's a and wanted, it's wanted poster. poster. Wanted poster. Wanted two Ocelots for kidnapping Deputy Sheriff Conrad Smith. Reward $5,000. Oh my gosh. Deoboed. Anyways. That's really cute. Isn't that nice? I got it from the library for free. Whoa. And that's why I wanted you to You rented it out? No, no, no. Um, They have like a cart of books that they are just like... Like it says withdrawn, oh, so like they they've taken it out. Yeah, the system. Yeah, so it's just there. cool. Yeah, so. I love it. Yeah. It's really cute. It gives me um, Shelver- Shel Silverstein. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shel Silverstein vibes. Mm-hmm. I like that. There is a um, for those of you who don't know Carly Lore. There is um, a Weird Al Yankovic song that's called Bob. That every word of the song is a palindrome, and Bob is also a palindrome. Um, I saw a Weird Al Yankovic. So lots of like kayaks, race a cars. Lot. Well, no, like like it's like s- sentences like this, and mm. that's just what the song is. So like some of the like Do Geese See God? That one mm-hmm. is in the song. Oh, other stuff like interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I wonder what our fascination with palindro- palindromes is. 
I think it's because humans like a little bit of order, so it's it's something mm. that makes sense, kind of, but then also is cool because it's like that's like me and my um, angel numbers thing. Yeah, I think. there's like things that people look out for, like whether it's like patterns, like angel exactly. numbers. So I view it in a different way. Like for me, I view it like order, like how I like pimple popping or like extractions mm-hmm. or things like that. It's because it's like assembling like an order to like the. <laughs> Carly is currently sorry slurping a strawberry out of a <laughs> out of a venti <laughs> Starbucks refresher. Oh, we're calling Starbucks Bucky's now. Bucky's. Get, calm down, I, Bucky's. I wanted to hear what you were saying, though. I said my strawberry. Oh, so, like, I think I was going on a random t- random tangent. You were saying that you like pimple popping? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> people like, like, things to be neat and mm-hmm. tidy and that kind of stuff. That's one of those things, I think. Like, pimple oh, popping or, like... Or palindromes, you're saying. Is- yeah, like, that's, like, a, that's a view of order that people see in the world that was really pleasing to them. Right. Palindromes like, is to pimple popping as 916 is to magic. Are we know. are we mixing our lores like Kelsey lore and Carly lore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now Kelsey my vibe lore. is like, let's see. If I had to do like a really quick survival kit, like mm-hmm. let's do like three things. Oh, it's the like dehydrator. The, Kel- the Kelsey starter pack. The Kelsey starter pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's okay, do so I recently packs. got I recently got a dehydrator. Which dehydrates mm-hmm. <laughs> things like meats, mm-hmm. vegetables, fruits, mm-hmm. all different kinds of things. Yeah. And you can even like make weird granola cookies in there. You could probably even make granola in it. It's fucking lit. Like I, and also the best part about it is it's just like a tray yeah. where that you just put in a like stack on top of each other. And then you just put a lid on top. But you can, like, lift the trays and, like, sneak little Aww. snacks throughout the whole thing. That's cool. Probably I, is not the most efficient thing to do, but I do it because there's, like, air vent and whatnot. But Yeah. So, a de- food dehydrator. That's the number one thing in your start- Kelsey starter pack? Yeah. Okay. Uh, composting okay. pile okay. <laughs> of dirt in the backyard. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, telling you it was spiritual. Good. Like, yeah. I just love seeing all the little worms and stuff like eat all the shit that you just like threw away that's moldy and gross and like food scraps yeah it's life from decay yeah it's beautiful like i think it's it's great so that's the other thing and then obviously like a daily moisturizing sunscreen situation Mm -hmm. because your girl is pasty af Mm -hmm. and your eyeshadow palette because and my latest eyeshadow eyeshadow fashions happening at the moment yeah again wish we were a visual <laughs> medium but i guess we'll deal with not being one um that's a great that's a great addition so that yeah that's like four things that's yeah. a pretty good starter pack okay okay the carly starter pack is crockenstocks which are birkenstock type sandals but they're made out of the crocs material amazing um all right can you put Gidgets on them or whatever they're called. No, I can't put gibbets. Giblets on. <laughs> gibbets. I want to call them giblets, but okay. that's in gravy. I mean, I call them giblets, so <laughs> I don't think you can. I they're just like from Target. They're gotcha. Okay, those, just checking. An iced coffee in a mason jar with a glass straw. Love it for um, us. Some Sunbum. You know the brand Sunbum. <gasps> yep, I just got some lip chapstick from them sun bum hair lightning spray that Ooh. smells like lemon and coconut okay 
and I'm liking this vibe. My headphones. I don't know. I don't know what the last one is. No, I don't want to do headphones. Um, and this T-shirt that I'm wearing because this is one of my favorite shirts. I kept reading it over and over it's, again. Um, Amoeba. Amoeba Music, which is a record, like a kind of famous record store in. L- it's. I think there's multiple locations in California, but they're the main ones in L. A. And it's. Oh. Or actually, the main one might be in San Francisco, like on Hayton Ashbury. Like you've heard. I, yeah. I'm. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but my friend, who's also named Carly, made it in the sense of she bought the shirt blue and then like bleach dyed it and then. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. This is just, it's just a big like shirt and I just like I love No, that's shirt. my number four thing. Like an oversized t shirt. I've been into just being mm. like in a big sh- t shirt. I lot. feel that vibe so much. Cool. Those are, <laughs> those are our starter packs. I love it. <laughs> I like having a starter pack. Yeah. Cool. That was fun. They, yeah, it was a fun exercise. <laughs> what does your life look like right now? Snapshot. Snapshot. <laughs> exactly. Snapshot. Oh, and Maggie. And Ooh, and all the snacks that come with the dehydrator. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to say food is included yes. in the... Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, welcome to our podcast brought to you by The Letter. With Carly and Kelsey. I'm Carly. And I'm Kelsey. And um, welcome. welcome to- thanks for tuning in. We'll teach you guys something if you like it or not. So, if you don't like it, you can leave, but please stay. We really... Please, yeah, we please like stay. having you there. But we- if not, whatever. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Like, we don't... I'm not going to make you do something you don't want to do. Like, right. Yeah. Like, you do you, we'll do us, and that's okay. That's totally fine. Like, are we breaking up right now? No. Don't okay. break up with us. Don't break up. Let's not break up. We Let's, just got here. Yeah. Let's, Let's like, okay, you know what? It's been, like, ten minutes into the first date. Yeah. You're like, mm, the, the weird the vibe is a little weird. They're talking about starter but packs. But I I'm don't not, understand. Not un- <laughs> I'm not not interested. But could they murder me later? Maybe. Maybe. You'll have to tune in and find out. Kelsey's just absolutely like beaming off of her dehydrator and the energy she gets from her compost bin. So I'm not kidding. <laughs> Being outside yesterday was the most no, perfect day. It was. Being in nature is legit it is. spiritual. It is. Like I want land for the first time in my life. Something is wrong with me. I'm changing to my core yeah. who I am by being out in nature. It's amazing. When the second that the first sunny day hits after winter, like you feel the fatigue of winter and like the depression just like melt. I do. I feel yeah. it like melting away. Like I sit in the sun and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my, oh my gosh, Carly. What? Okay. <laughs> this is so deeply personal and weird and we can cut this out if we want to. But I was outside journaling like in the backyard yeah. and, um, I was writing about stuff I'm working through in therapy and I just like had just hit like a really deep uh, epiphany uh-huh. and I just like let out this like, <sighs> <laughs> it was the most unfortunate sound that could have left my mouth in my you backyard, needed it. You needed it. but it was so, and then I was like laughing hysterically. <laughs> Dude, that's so awesome. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Anyway, so I just grunt sometimes like that one tennis player when I play volleyball, which is embarrassing, but that's the only thing that I do. I mean, good tennis players only, they they make noise. Yeah. And if they don't, they're not that good. Yeah. It's not a hot take. The other day I did a a hit and I went, (gasps) and I was like, (laughs) 
I was like, oh my god. I was like, ew. And then the person oh. I was playing with was like, that was such a good hit, though. I was like, yeah, but did you hear what I did? And they were like, it doesn't matter. I was like, well, thanks for being nice, but that was embarrassing for me. So. <laughs> Top three episode topics all in this episode right here. Top three episode topics? Of all time. Just happened right now. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> guttural sounds. Oh, guttural sounds. Okay. <laughs> Compost and big t-shirts. Big t-shirts. Do you want to talk about the thing that we're going to talk about? Yeah, I want to learn stuff. Okay. So this me. Yeah, so this week I'm teaching Kelsey and we are on the letter J. Like I said, we teach each other everything from A to Z. And this week we're on J. I'm teaching Kelsey. I don't know if we told anybody that. Well, you're hearing it now, folks. So um, the topic that I'm going to cover is a little bit different, actually, from anything we've ever done before. Super stoked on it. And I'm going to teach you got teach you and Kelsey about uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, brought to you by the letter J. Yay! So I think this is the official first meeting of the By the Letter Book Club that we have just um, started. Ooh. So welcome. So our podcast, we have been doing a lot of historical figures, people, events. We do a lot of events. We do a lot of like phenomena like you know um scientific things and and we're, we're always talking about like we need to learn things we should have learned this in school but we maybe did and forgot but let's talk about it and we can understand its impact a little bit more right we haven't really ever done like a piece of literature before we've we've referenced literature yeah. in certain topics um so as i was researching this i was like i pretty much wrote like a book report of sorts on Oh, I'm story, so interested. Um, which is pretty cool. And I think that in the future, we could do this, especially with like works like the official title is called The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And so I think that would be interesting maybe to do in the future as I well love... with maybe like like works that are more, I guess, historically known. Like this is like a very old story. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we wouldn't do like... Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban or whatever. You know right. what I mean? It would yes. be, it would be so. a, some kind of classic. Exactly. Yeah. I actually really love yeah. that. Great idea. I, I wasn't sure at the beginning of this topic. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have enough to like go off of. But I think, I think you guys will find this interesting. And I knew of this story. Most people, I think, know of it. But I definitely learned a lot researching it that I didn't know before, which... <gasps> Is always a treat. Right. Because the whole point is to learn. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I'm actually very, very, very excited. Good. I was, I'm so glad. Okay. Tell me everything. everything. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. So The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is a graphic novella written by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson in 1886. It is one of the most famous pieces of English Victorian era literature and is considered to be one of the most prolific books in the gothic horror genre. Mm. So this is an old book. It was in 1886 and it was actually released as um, Penny Dreadfuls. Have you heard of that term before? Yeah. So in um, like... Europe and like the UK kind of they would authors would write these stories and they would come out they only cost a penny and they would come out like every week or every couple days and it was 
a couple pages. So it was like this one ongoing story. And usually the subject matter of them was like crime, horror, like true crime, like mysteries. So it was usually stuff. The reason it was called Penny Dreadfuls was because it was stuff that like during that era is considered uncouth i guess or like not proper you know what i mean oh yeah as opposed to today where everybody's into true crime and their mothers (laughs) exactly like it's normal for us now but yes so that's why they were called penny dreadfuls and there is a tv show named that that i watched a little bit of but personally not for me so but anyways so not recommend on that one but that's really cool that's like so cool to think about how like niche and like fun and like just interesting that must right i know right yeah so the author um is a guy named Robert Louis Stevenson, and he was practically born to create horror novels. Like he was. <laughs> oh no! Is this not good traumatic childhood? No, I mean, he had a little <laughs> bit of a traumatic childhood. Like who doesn't? But he um, suffered from frequent nightmares as a child and was diagnosed early on with tuberculosis. Although we do think that that was a misdiagnosis because he like I. People with tuberculosis, like, don't really get better, and he did, so, and he lived for a while, so I think he just had, he was just sickly, kind of. You're um, looking at me like I know some shit about tuberculosis that you don't, but I, I know, know nothing about I don't about know much about it, but he spent most of his early years bedridden, which led him to develop a love of books and also sparked his rich imagination. So the combination of his chronic illness plus nightmares fueled stevenson's writing of the strange case in fact it is said that the novella was written in only six days and oh um, he was like sickly throughout his adult life too and um this one part of my research like he was like having this bad dream and he was like thrashing about and like talking in his sleep and his wife like woke him up and he got actually like upset he was like i was just dreaming up the perfect bogey story or bogey tale or something was the quote meaning like he was having a nightmare but it was like fuel for his writing or whatever yeah oh my gosh well that's hey turning your uh torture into art well right he basically i think was just like a person that liked scary like he liked scary stories you know so he wanted to write them it's amazing um so i am just going to pretty much paraphrase tell you the exact story of the strange case of dr jekyll and mr hyde by stevenson so like you may know a little bit about it as i did but i'm gonna retell the story right now i'm gonna tell you my one reference of dr jekyll and mr hyde arthur jekyll jekyll Jekyll, hyde jekyll hyde hyde jekyll 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 Jekyll, hyde jekyll hyde that that always that scared me a little bit as a kid it was a little scary that that song that went a little <sighs> yeah 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 I, I was thinking singing that. that's really all i got i was singing that the whole time i was writing this so oh we oh we oh we okay no <laughs> nope okay no arthur reference is bad bad so there was this lawyer named gabriel utterson and his friend <laughs> so sorry <laughs> it's okay and his friend richard entfield and they were going on a weekly walk through Victorian London town. So they came upon a large house and Rich tells Gabe, I'm just using their short names, um, <laughs> that a few months ago he saw this creepy guy named Edward Hyde trample a young girl after she accidentally bumped into him. And I Ooh. feel like that was a little aggressive and much. And scary. 
after he saw that happen, the girl survived, but like she was like really hurt and stuff. After um, Rich saw that happen, he confronted the creeper and he was like, you have to pay this girl's family money to like, so she can get taken care of and treated and stuff. And so Hyde was like, okay, fine. And he brought Rich to the that door that they, they were at. This is like a flashback. And he gave him a check. The check was signed by someone named Dr. Henry Jekyll. Um, as Rich is telling this story, Gabe is like, holy shit, that's my client. Gabe's a lawyer. He okay. works for the Dr. Henry Jekyll. He's like, holy shit, what the fuck? And then Gabe was like thinking about it. He's like, I think that Hyde is blackmailing Jekyll because he came to me at my law offices and had his will changed recently and made Hyde the sole beneficiary. So they're like gossiping basically in front of this dude's house. And then when Gabe tried to talk Jekyll to Jekyll about Hyde, he was like, look, I'm your lawyer. You can trust me. What's going on here? Let me know the deets. Just be honest with me. Dr. Jekyll was like, quote, I can get rid of him whenever I want and please drop it. He was just like, Ooh. he was just like, stop talking to me about this. Like, I got this under control. And um, everyone was like, okay, we'll see. Yeah, like, so um, who is this guy? Right. So a few weeks later, a servant saw Hyde beat a man to death, actually, and this person actually happened. This was like well, late one night, like coming home from somewhere. I don't know. But from the bar. Yes, yeah, exactly. So the person that got beaten to death happened to be another one of Gabriel's clients. So the police found the person, came to Gabe, was like, you know, this man. And. Um, the only thing that was left behind at the scene of the crime was a half of a broken cane. So when the police contacted Gabriel, he led them to Hyde's apartment, but he found that Hyde had vanished. However, they did find there the second half of that broken cane. So they were like, okay, they definitely think that Hyde had something to do with it. Right. So Gabe went to Dr. Jekyll's house again and he tried to talk to him about Hyde, but Jekyll was just like, okay, here, look, here's a letter. And the letter was written by Hyde, addressed to Jekyll. So okay. in the letter, he apologized. He was like, look, dude, I'm really sorry about all this trouble I've been causing. Um, I'll be better. Sorry. Signed, Mr. Hyde mm-hmm. to Dr. Jekyll. The lawyer, Gabe, was like, this handwriting looks just like yours. Um... And that then led Gabriel to believe that Jekyll, for some reason, forged this letter to protect Hyde. He's like, you're hiding something. Oh. Jekyll and Hyde. Who is What's going on? So he was still suspicious. So a few months go by and everything kind of went back to normal. Like, everyone just kind of forgot about this murder and, you know. Yeah, you know, (laughs) she just gets in the way, you know. Things Things happen. Things went back to normal. But suddenly, Jekyll, who was this, like, really well-known, respected doctor in the community, like, stopped seeing people. He's like, no more. My doors are closed. Please don't call. Please don't visit. Out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue. So Dr. Jekyll's butler, Mr. Poole, visited the lawyer, Gabe, and he was like, yo, Jekyll is 
becoming a hermit. He's like locking himself in his lab um, weeks upon end. Like I haven't talked to him in so long. His behavior has been really crazy. And so Gabe and him were like, okay, we're going to break into the lab. Like we're going to go and we're going to like check on him and see what's going on. They walk into the lab and they see the dead body of Mr. Hyde wearing Jekyll's lab coat and clothes. And they're like, what the fuck? Dead body, what? They find a letter so conveniently next to him. No, I don't know where it was, but they find a letter. (laughs) Conjecture. Yeah, from Dr. Jekyll addressed to Gabe Utterson. The letter basically said that Dr. Jekyll found a way to transform himself through scientific serums in order to indulge in his sinful vices without fear of detection. In Jekyll's transformed body, Hyde was evil, self-indulgent, and didn't care for anyone other than himself. Initially, Jekyll was able to control the transformations with another serum, like as an antidote. But one night, he involuntarily transformed into Hyde while he was sleeping. This is all in the letter, by the way. So (laughs) Jekyll explained in his letter that he decided to, like, quit being Hyde cold turkey. He's like, I'm done. I can't. He was really upset. He never wanted to kill anybody, basically. He just wanted to, you know, have his vices or whatever. Well, if your vices are <laughs> killing, though. Right. I, I don't believe that he wanted to, but we'll talk about that more later, this actually. This is, like, giving me mad severance vibes right now. Oh, I've never seen it. I've heard it's good. O-M-G. Write it down, sister. <laughs> I It's in definitely in my brain, but I need to get um, Apple TV or whatever it's on, right? So Jekyll explained in his letter that he decided to quit being Hyde cold turkey. He's like, I'm done. But because his urges were suppressed for so long, he had a moment of weakness and drank the potion to he's like he was like addicted to being Mr. Hyde. He like couldn't. So he drank the potion. Hyde overcame with temptation and his overall evilness and wickedness killed the guy with the cane that we mentioned before. Uh Uh-huh. The Jekyll part of him was horrified and never intended to kill, so he tried even harder to stop the transformations. He was, like, torn, basically. Um, Eventually, this spun out of control, and he started transforming involuntarily, even while awake, like, not even in his sleep. Since he was wanted for murder and being hunted by the police, he needed to stay hidden away in his laboratory to avoid capture. Eventually, Jekyll's involuntary transformations became more frequent and required even larger doses of the serum to reverse. Soon- oh, so he had to take a serum to turn it on and off? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so but, he's like choosing the time. Well, but what ended up happening is he would turn into Hyde in his sleep, like involuntarily at, yeah. after a while. Yeah. Okay. The serum like stopped it, basically. Mm-hmm. So soon after, one of the chemicals used in the like antidote serum ran out. And these new potions that he tried to create, like, stopped working. So realizing that he would stay transformed as Mr. Hyde forever, Jekyll wrote out the full account of the events in that letter, locked himself in his lab, hoping to keep Hyde imprisoned forever, and finally committed suicide by poison. And that is a synopsis of the story. Oh my gosh. Way different than you thought, right? Yeah, that's not what I thought. Whoa. I can see how, like, liking Sherlock Holmes, and I've read some of the stories, it reads very much like that, where 
the the Sherlock Holmes don't reveal anything stories don't reveal anything until the very end. Yeah. So the whole entire time you're like, what the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on? And, and then, then there's like there's this, like this huge reveal. So right, it's, this big letter that's like, how could you have missed it exactly, this whole time? Exactly. Yeah. I am I am but a man taking a potion <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I knew there was the transformation. There's the good guy, the evil guy, but. Yeah. Something that I will speak about in a minute that I didn't know is that part of his good self wanted, he wanted that. He purposely did it to himself because he had certain things that he wanted to do that he knew that if he went out as Dr. Jekyll would be frowned upon. So he needed So he put it on himself. Inhibitions lower. Exactly. Exactly. So... Dang. I know. I know. The many That's heavy stuff, buddy. Right. The many popular adaptations of this story seem to paint Jekyll and Hyde as two different people. Like split. Like they're right. Right. two different. Dr. Jekyll was a completely good, trustworthy, and virtuous person, whereas Mr. Hyde is evil, dark, and depraved. However, the author, Robert Louis Stevenson's original intent was a bit different. There really was no other person and no Mr. Hyde. As we heard, Jekyll wasn't a squeaky clean scientist bent on using his knowledge for good, but instead Jekyll created Hyde to delve into his darker urges. Yeah. Sounds like he really didn't need to make a serum to do that. He could have just put a false been, mustache on and been like every other serial killer in the world and just right. live one day by one way one right. night interesting yeah. yeah so he dr jekyll was like a well-known upper-class victorian man and created hyde as a chemically induced disguise to act on these repressed thoughts without consequence or tarnishing his reputation so wait did he wear a disguise no the the potion like Changed, changed so it is appearance. a truly magical story. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. None of this is real. Well, you I knew know that, it right? wasn't real. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> um, Usually when potions are in. Yeah. Magical serums. Yeah. So Jekyll... Snake oil. <laughs> Jekyll is the dominant personality, but he's aware of the, per- the portion of himself even when he is disguised as Hyde. This is shown in the original novella since in the suicide letter, it was written by Jekyll, but while he was inhibiting the Hyde form. So it is very indicative of like the split personality type. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the craziest part of this whole story Hmm. is that a guy with the name Jekyll is the good person. And a guy (laughs) with Hyde is name is the bad person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jekyll. Jekyll. Jekyll Jekyll sounds evil. Jekyll does not it sounds like um like a jackal, like a Yeah. yeah. You're right, it does. I never even thought of that. <laughs> so basically the like original author's intent shows us that Jekyll was in some control this whole time, but his dark desires eventually took over him. Mm-hmm. Shown by that he couldn't control his te- his um transformations at a certain point. Yeah. These themes of duality, good versus evil, and a hidden self do not only apply to the Jekyll slash Hyde character, but they also function as a critique on Victorian society, class roles, and morality. So this was set in London during the Victorian era, and the city was completely divided by class. Similar to Jekyll, the city is a treasured trove of intellectualism, 
wealth, and education. However, Hyde is a counterpart of the Soho district in London, which is marked by poverty, filth, and crime. Stevenson wanted to illustrate that while Hyde is a symbol of depravity, crime, corruption, and scandal still existed among the elite. However, it is more skillfully and artistically hidden by by Jekyll. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. He was also critiquing society, man. Yeah. And it totally... The man, man. It totally still rings true today. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. People who are supposed to be powerful and wealthy and smart still have these undertones of them that we don't know about. And maybe they're not as great as you think. We contain... Multitudes. Exactly. So another theme through this story is addiction and substance abuse. Um, I was going to say that's what I was definitely hearing a little bit. Yeah. Dr. Jekyll is, quote, not as much a man of conflicted personality as a man suffering from the ravages of addiction. Yeah. That's hella deep. I know. Isn't that crazy? I never knew. You never know about this about Jekyll and I'm, like, sad mm-hmm. that it's gotten watered down, kind of. I'll talk about more that more in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, because of this story, the Jekyll Hyde trope is a common one used in so many artistic mediums today. For instance, when a character and their evil twin, evil counterpart, or shadow archetype are really the same guy. And it turns into this interesting protagonist versus antagonist tale since the villain lives inside the hero's body and hides in plain sight your whole the whole time the killer was inside of the house it was me the whole time damn you anakin so like some instances of this like things that were inspired by the jekyll hyde trope uh fight club yeah harvey dent from batman who is like the Mm two-faced guy the Hulk, which I read, was inspired by Jekyll Hyde and also Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. that may, I, I can see that. Yeah. So while writing The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the author, um, Stevenson, looked into the life of this person named Deacon William Brody. He was a respected Scotland city councilman and carpenter and was considered a beacon of virtue among his peers and neighbors. He made his living as a cabinet maker and locksmith, crafting keys and doors for the city's wealthy and elite. Sounds great, right? Yeah. Who's this guy again? William Brody. William Brody. Sounds sounds good. Yeah. Oh, are you about to tell me how much he sucks? Well, he's he a real ins- person. It's a real person. And okay. he inspired the story of Jekyll and Hyde Ooh. because behind this well put together facade lied a secret criminal. He loved late night drinking, gambling, and cockfighting, and this led to his secret life as the leader of a gang of burglars. (gasps) He used duplicate keys and his knowledge as a locksmith so he could enter any home or business without leaving a trace. And he just like... He used his his powers for evil. Yep. His luck eventually ran out when he was implicated in an armed robbery and sentenced to death. He was hanged in front of a crowd of 40,000 spectators. 40,000? Nice funeral, dude. I know. My funeral's not getting 40,000, that's for sure. Right. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about me, really. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah, so that's... You know, I've never even heard of, like, real-life people. Like, I've always 
thought of it as like a fake story, but that's a real story. That's crazy. So it's a psychopath, right? Like that's what a psychopath is. Mm -hmm. I'm the worst. I like true crime crime shit. I'm the worst at telling the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath. But the psychopath likes that they hide in plain sight. Like they, they have this criminal side of them. He obviously didn't give a fuck about anybody or anybody's belongings because he would just waltz right into their houses and steal and businesses and steal things. But he, this William Brody guy, like had this front of a very respectable Mm. person. You know what I mean? In Scotland during the Victorian era. And like, you know what I mean? So So they like, right. Like they're the kind of people that in the true crime community would go for like a position of power. Exactly. Or oh, yeah, a no, position he was a, where you're around a lot of children. He was or, a city councilman. Yep. There you go. You know? Something in the community. Something that's right there. Yeah. Exactly. That's like in the trenches. Exactly. To shake you to your fucking core. That's so, ju- that's so dark. I know. That's creepy. so, that's like, is that the darkest? It's it's pretty freaking dark. I don't know. And this is like old timey dark. But like I said, like we, we hear about people who have like two families. It's like the same shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just sounds like so much work. So much work. Sounds awful. That's, that's the thing is like, I don't think, I think two families was like a, an older days convenience yeah. as opposed to now. We are so freaking on connected. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, not even connected, but everything's so complicated now. I right. feel like it's just gotten more complicated. Everything's more complicated. Could you imagine managing two lives? No. Even 50% of the time, two lives? Also, like, your phone tracks everything you do. So. Yeah. If you really wanted to be good at having two families, you'd need to get two phones. <laughs> right. And then what if you have the wrong family on the wrong phone? Right. And then, mm-hmm. Color coding. That's what I would do. Oh, that's a good if one. If I was a psychopath, color color coding. <laughs> you are such a psychopath. <laughs> but organized. The home yeah. edit style. Thank you. Ooh, I would love that. A home edit series, but like psychopath style. So it's like newspaper clippings. Yeah. All in this nice little file cabinet. <laughs> newspaper clippings about my crimes. Look yeah, at them. Filed yeah. here under green. Here's <laughs> some of my proudest moments right here on the wall. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It. So... Uh, so far throughout this podcast episode and also in pretty much all of uh, all other instances before we pronounce Dr. Jekyll like it rhymes with speckle. Yeah. D- Jekyll speckle. Jekyll Jackal. Kelsey is like, what the fuck? Why is the good guy, quote, named Jekyll? It's but- called Jekyll. <laughs> <laughs> Um, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead. The proper way to say this Scottish last name Mm -hmm. is really Jekyll. Jekyll? Yeah, not Jekyll, but Jekyll. (laughs) Jekyll. Yeah. Stevenson borrowed the name from his friend and famous horticulturist Gertrude Jekyll. Um, it's thought that Jekyll was supposed to rhyme or sound like seacall. Or treacle. <laughs> Jekyll. Yeah. It's supposed to sound like seacall. Seacall. And so okay. it goes along with hide, a.k.a. hide and seek. Like that was the pun that he was going for. Jekyll and seek and hide. And hide. Yeah. Jekyll and hide. Like seek and hide. 
Not your best. Well, he's Scottish. We don't, we don't know what they do. We don't know they... what those crazy yeah. Scottish guys are thinking. Yeah. But... I eat a lassie. <laughs> <laughs> the way that we pronounce no. um, the name is all thanks to American actor Spencer Tracy, who started... Who starred as Jekyll and Hyde in the popular 1941 MGM film adaptation of the story. So he used Jekyll, and that's why we all say Jekyll. Mm, they didn't appear with the writers. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Wait, it was written in 1883? Uh, the story was published in 1886. Okay. Yeah, and this movie was... Um, 1940? 41. Yeah, the 40s. Yep. So, two years after the novella was published in the late summer of 1888, London was stricken with a series of brutal killings by Jack the Ripper. Or Jekyll the Ripper. (laughs) He struck without warning or motive. He seemed like a real-life Jekyll and Hyde, which was a comparison that was not lost on the public during this time. What if it was Stevenson himself? They actually called him... Or not Stevenson, but like referencing Jack the Ripper, they'd sometimes call him Hyde the Ripper, too. Um, A month after the first Ripper killing, the novella was taken to the stage and became an instant hit. So they kind of took advantage. I feel like they took advantage of the Jack the Ripper shit that was happening. And they like made a play of uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, and. Everyone was, like, obsessed with it. It was so good, apparently. Yeah, because they were like, hey, we can relate to this because yeah. this is going on right now in our community. And they're like, hey, yeah, do you want to pay us money to see this thing that's happening in your community right yeah. now? So this was in 1888, and the guy that played Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was, like, so good at his role that he was considered a suspect in I the Jack the Ripper case. I thought you were going to say that he got murdered by no, Jack the Ripper, no, which would have been crazy. He was considered a suspect, like... Um, I didn't write about this, but basically, like, so like I said, 1888, not a lot of crazy things happening in the theater or whatever, but they use, like... What do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Well, in order to change his, his appearance, they use, like, lighting effects and stuff so that he, his appearance would, like, change. Like, they oh. probably just changed the way they lit him or some something so that it would look like he actually physically, like, more. He held into, a lamp on the left side of his probably, face. Probably. Or, like, the, underneath oh. or, like, above or and something. And then he held the lamp on the other side of his face. Yeah. Yeah. So this person, this actor was never charged with any crimes. Yeah, I hope not for being (laughs) suspiciously good at your job. Yeah, right? Like, he was actually... um, I hope they made him employee of the month at the theater. (laughs) They did, because they basically did, because he played Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway eventually. So that's about as high as you can get. (laughs) But... From comic books to film to live performances, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is one of the most adapted works in literature. 23 versions of the tale were adapted into silent films before 1925. And that's just silent films. So people were obsessed with the story. People loved it. So why why true crime right now? Yeah. You mean why in 1888? Yeah, why forever, basically. Why forever? True crime now? True crime forever. In addition to, like, adaptations, basically, like, taking the story and just creating it, there have also been a lot of retellings where they just, like, stretch the story around a little oh, bit. Oh, you mean, you mean like an Arthur? Yes. <laughs> In 1971, the UK film Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde shows Jekyll transforming into a beautiful woman. The film recasts 
Jekyll from a kind and well-intentioned scientist into Jack the Ripper, who uses Sister Hyde as a disguise to carry out his murders. This film, interestingly, I kind of want to watch it, honestly. It ties in the, like, stories and lore of Burke and Hare. Do you remember Burke and Hare? Uh Uh-uh. They, my favorite murder did an episode on them that was really good, and they um, are a serial killer duo, kind of similar to H.H. Holmes, where during, like, the in Victoria-era Scotland, where they would, like, kill people and use the bodies as, like, science things and, like, sell the bodies to medical labs and stuff. But it's just kind of like world's cold. It's kind of like a mashup. Yeah, like like a yeah. like a guest 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 starring Burke and Hare oh. and Jack the Ripper featuring <laughs> Sister Hyde. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's like a mash. It's like a spooky. It's like the top lineup at a band. Yeah, exactly. Like a concert. Yes. I don't go to social <laughs> events anymore. I don't even remember what they're called. Headline. Headlining. Headline. Yes. In 1976, a U.S. black exploitation film called Dr. Black, Mr. Hyde was created. If you don't know, black exploitation films are an ethnic subgenre of exploitation films that were popular in the United States during the 70s. Think um, Pulp Fiction. Okay. So these films are usually set in the 70s and they have a lot to do with like gang violence. Like it's just like a lot of unnecessarily violence tied in with like the culture subgenres of the 70s and it has a lot to do with like drugs killing people money that's like what the exploitation films are about gotcha i'm trying to think of other examples other than pulp fiction but i don't know <laughs> that's pretty much it okay in 1980 dr heckle and mr hype was a u.s film what where an fudge? ugly dr heckle used potions to transform himself into a suave However, evil man named Mr. Hype. (laughs) Mr. Hype? In 1989, adaptation called Edge of Sanity used a version of Jekyll whose experiments with synthetic cocaine transformed him into Hyde. This (laughs) This film also made the parallel of Jack the Ripper and Mr. Hyde. The, like, cocaine bit is very 1989 of them. Like... They're like, oh, I'm just going to do some, I'm going to do some coke. And he, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed seemed very of the era, right? Yeah. To do that. Um, And finally, in 1982, a parody film called Jekyll and Hyde Together Again that features Hyde as a party animal instead of an evil criminal. (laughs) This film ends with a shot of the skeleton version of Robert Louis Stevenson, the author, physically rolling in his grave. So. Oh my gosh. That is The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, brought to you by the letter J. Damn! That's crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Ooh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I, That's I, really good. I thanks. didn't I, like when you started explaining the all this shit. I was like, this sounds like so many. Like it's from so many inspired so many things. Really, yeah, inspired a huge genre in general. It's um, but one of the sources that I took was this. It's kind of weird, like wiki type site, but it's um called TV Tropes, and it breaks down like the source of certain tropes in film books movies tv like 
mm-hmm. all this stuff and like where it originated from. And then it points to all these examples where it's in use. So it's That's it's, crazy. Yeah, the Jekyll Hyde one, like the alter ego, the evil twin, the, you know, you're literally battling yourself yeah. <laughs> thing is very much in a lot of stories today. Yeah, and it came from Damn. this one story, which also, like I was saying, I had no idea that it was like it had so much more to do with like your personal inner demons and your own struggles yeah than just like i an evil science experiment gone horribly wrong like that's what i thought it was you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but so it's a game show so yeah so that's the first by the letter book club damn by the I, book by the book club do we know how many pages the first release is it's not. It can't be too. Oh long, no! It's right? it's short. It's a novella. So there is available on YouTube um, audiobooks that you can just listen to of oh. it. Oh, and I. But I mean, it's kind of long, three hours. But I could kill three hours. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Cleaning. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's probably a little bit hard of a read or listen because it's probably old. Right. It's like old English writings, but bequeathed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the only word I doth. Well, that's like the thing. Like I was saying, I love to read the Sherlock Holmes stories. And a lot of those, since they're in the public domain now, are on Spotify. You can just search like Sherlock Holmes oh. and like audiobooks of the stories will I just come up. I didn't know that. Yeah. When I used to drive like to college, like six hours, I would like listen to them sometimes. That's a genius. I'm going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Free audiobooks. Thanks, Carly. So great job. Thank you. So maybe we'll do English class again some other time. But for now, that was that story. I had a great time researching it. And I, it made me realize how much I like, love this shit. I love like, I'm definitely a person that if I watch something, like if I watch a movie, or if I watch a TV show or read something, and I like, I don't think I'm, I'm not trying to say this to be self-deprecating, but I don't think I'm smart enough to come up with like the themes myself. Like, you know, in English, you're like, what is the theme of the story? Like, I'm not smart enough to suss that out myself. Maybe if I sat there and like did a worksheet, (laughs) I could. But like so often I watch a movie and I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And I like try to look it up and read about it because I am very interested in why the director the author whoever put it in there because i want to know the connection and then it makes me like the thing so much more you know what i mean yeah it made me remember how much i liked doing that stuff yeah i'm i love (laughs) in high school i'm well i'm pretty sure you knew this because i was like we were in high school together i always thought that that shit was made up like I'm like, really? Y'all are fucking lying. Like, <gasps> you just want to see what you want to see. This is a shit piece of work. Like, I just got <laughs> such a dick about it. So the only thing I, oh, and maybe we can do this one, but the only thing that I think that about is the story Waiting for Godot. I don't Have, think I've, no. So it's an absurdist play. I love it. Like, I loved it. Like, 11th grade was all, like, it was like a whole semester on, like, um, existentialism and like absurdist like writings which basically are the most random and weird like books and plays ever the metamorphosis is in there Mm. you read that one Uh, franz kafka or something where the guy wakes up and turns into a bug or whatever yeah yeah so it's just like all this shit that's like 
obviously critiques of things or whatever that's going on because it was during the war and everyone didn't have any hope for the future. And yeah. so, um, <laughs> but anyways, this, this play called waiting for Godot is literally two guys that are just waiting for Godot. You never meet Godot. You never know who that person is, but the play is like truly about nothing. And the, author of the play was asked what is this about are they waiting for god because it kind of looks like god and the author said it is about nothing i righted something i wrote i write it <laughs> i wrote this play about nothing that's what it's about but everyone's like he's lying he's lying he just doesn't want to tell us but like that's what he said if it's about nothing, so it's, about it's, nothing. it's very interesting to think about that specifically yeah. that um well i think I think that your experiences are valid, Carly, and you don't need to look up things to confirm that you understand or... But I want to, though. I know. I like no, I know, but I'm saying you are smart. And Thank you. you can derive things on your own. But I also feel that way, too, where I'm like, is this what I'm getting from this? Right. I don't know. Like, you just have to have your thoughts validated by, yeah. by like, a variety of... Oh, pop culture com. says so, yeah. too. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Buy an article on the internet. Yeah. 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 As long as it's on BuzzFeed. Exactly. News, I, you know, no. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. That was so good. Nice. I'm so impressed and I love how much was inspired by it. I'm going to see Jekyll and Hyde everywhere. I, or Jekyll, wait. Jekyll Hyde. It's Jekyll. Sorry. Pronounce it one more time. Jekyll. Jekyll and Hyde. Just because you don't have. Don't call it Jekyll. What if I, what if I started this episode and I was like, I'm presenting Jekyll and Hyde brought to you by the letter J. You would be like, Carly, what the I fuck are you? I would do a spit you- take. <laughs> I would be like, that's why I'm just calling it Jekyll because that's because yeah. we're Americans and we do what we want. Yeah, you can't tell us what to do. We're Americans. Exactly. Great so. advertisement. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Shoot us an email at bytheletterpod at gmail.com if you want to hear us do any more literature by the letter book clubs um or anything else (laughs) literally whatever leave us a review please on apple podcasts and spotify and follow us on all the social medias at by the letter pod at gmail.com or wait (laughs) follow us on all the social medias at by the letter pod (laughs) you know what to do yes you know what to do Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. Ciao. Uh, I'll be in. I don't know anymore. Bye.